Kirby here, and welcome back to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Today we have the second of six interviews from Reds Fest, as Chatterbox Sports partnered with our good friend Justin Kenner over at 1410 Wing AM ESPN Radio in Dayton. Thanks again to Justin for the opportunity to partner with him in 1410 to provide you with some great content for this offseason. On today's episode, we have Cincinnati Reds outfielder Will Benson. And boy, Will was a lot of fun and quite possibly was the most popular player at Reds Fest. I have to say from sitting next to Will, he was just an incredibly genuine guy. Um, I was already a big Will Benson fan, but uh, I think I'm an even bigger one now. We will continue to put uh, about one of these interviews out a week to give you some more fun content this offseason. Still to come, Spencer Steer, Hunter Green, David Bell, and Phil Castellini. So look for these, probably have these up about every Tuesday. Uh, On Thursday night, myself and Trace Fowler will be doing a live episode of Chatterbox Reds at 9.30 p.m. That's on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. And we're going to have our guy Charlie Walter joining the show. This will be our last live show of 2023. Borrowing a big move, of course, from the Reds. Anytime the Reds have some big news or moves or breaking news or anything like that, we try to jump on YouTube live and break it all down and give you some instant reaction, even if it's at 1 o'clock in the morning. Of course, if you can't stay up late for that, don't worry. It will be in your podcast feed on Friday morning. All right, but before we get to our interview with Will Benson, I want to make sure I tell you about our proud sponsor, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. All right. Went out of the interview with Cincinnati Reds outfielder, Will Benson. (laughs) All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Nick Kirby, Chatterbox Sports. Live here on 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton, Ohio. We are Dayton's radio home of the Cincinnati Reds. And, of course, as we sit here live at Reds Fest Duke Energy Convention Center, uh, the buzz and excitement uh, surrounding Reds baseball, it's just night and day uh, how far we've come from just a season ago. Everyone's super jacked for the season. The season just ended technically the full baseball season just a month and some change ago. And everyone's jacked up and ready to go for next year's Reds season, of course. But, uh, Nick, I'm excited to bring on our next guest. I'll let you introduce yeah, Will Benson. Really excited to have Will Benson uh, coming off a uh, a really great season last year. This is your first Reds Fest. How are you feeling about this uh, event so far? Um, I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> you guys make me happy. Uh, the fans are amazing. So I, I feel warm inside uh, from all of my interactions with you guys. So thank you. Yeah, we forgot when you were acquired by the Reds, it was February, so it was like well after all of this stuff had wrapped up, Reds Fest, the, the caravan, all those fun things that was done. So when you come in, you you find out you're coming to Cincinnati. Just what was your initial thought a year ago? You know, before you even knew what kind of special season it was going to be. Your initial thoughts. You didn't have to move far. You didn't have to move far at all. Um, it it was, it was honestly challenging. It was tough from the from the sense of I, I had a son on the way. Um, my now wife is uh, pregnant. It was pregnant at the time, so it was a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I and I try to take everything one step at a time and I just feel like a lot a lot of things are rushing at me at once um, but thankfully 
you know, that, that's the power of family. Uh, I was embraced by family, and the transition was smooth. It, it was right down the street, right? I didn't have to go to Florida. <laughs> I didn't have to go anywhere across uh, Arizona. I simply just had to go down the street. So that thing, that, that made things a little bit easier for sure. Um, and then I, I just got settled in, you know, and it was cool to to be a part of something so special um, because, again, a lot of the players there were kind of around my age, um, also new to the, to the league as well. So I felt really... Uh, comfortable and, and embraced by the the players that were there once I finally made that transition over. So once you got to Cincinnati, you had a really whirlwind year last year. You had a great spring training, yeah. struggled a little bit in April, went back down to AAA, worked on some things, came back up. What did you do in AAA that, that allowed you to come back up and you were legitimately one of the best hitters in baseball uh, from the time you came back up through the end of the year? Um, in, in reality, I, I feel like I, I freed my mind of of the tension, the stress uh, of it all. Um, I'm, that's what I'm thankful for my son because my son gave me a, re- a refreshing mindset in the sense of I, I can't, I can't give up. You know, I can't quit because um, then I, I can't teach him those type of morals if I don't live it. You know, so that for me in, in AAA was kind of my motive or, or my motto. Hey, I'm just gonna go in here today and, and put my best foot forward and try to learn. And I'm very grateful for the environment down there in AAA. Um, I was just talking back there, you know, with, with Jamie. It, it's essentially they, they wanted me back up. So I, I felt I felt the the push, you know, on my back to, to kind of keep moving. And then I, I just started playing my game, do what I do. And it, it kind of was just like, all right, like, this is how I play the game. This, this is who I am. Like, I'm a great baseball player. And then uh, that just kind of catapulted me back to the, to the big leagues. I think that's what's most impressive too i think as fans sometimes we just you know at times baseball players robots right oh they're called out they're, you know they're sent back down they're called back up we forget about the emotions that go into that and even the emotions for a david bell who has to deliver that news to you the team has to deliver that news but walk, take us back to that you know, the headspace because that i can't imagine how tough that could be like you know you want to get in a, a groove you have to get set back down to triple a to have the to be as mentally tough as you to not look at that as a demotion but more of an opportunity and you capitalize on that opportunity and as Nick said came back and we're just on fire from the time you came back. What happened during that stretch mentally as you prepared to to obviously hit your way back into the major league lineup? Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a man of faith, so it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of, of redirecting, you know, re- redirecting my, my, my thought pattern. <laughs> so I am not a robot. Uh, I'm as human as they come. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that sense. Um, but, you know, after a lot of prayer, you know, my, my, my thought process was simply like, if I'm going to be a big leaguer, I have to learn how to be a big leaguer. And the only way to learn how to be a big leaguer is being in the big leagues. It's that simple. <laughs> it's funny how those things that are simple can be complicated. Um, but it was really that simple. And so I took that fresh perspective into it. You know, I'm just learning how to be an everyday good big leaguer. <laughs> and Thankfully enough, you know, uh, just the, the support that I got. I had a conversation with uh, TJ Friedel when we were in Chicago. Um, had a conversation with, with Votto um, on, the, on the flight back, or no, actually the flight to Boston. Um, and I feel like after that, you know, those two conversations and a little bit of success, you know, you combine those two and, you know, that's, that's, that's enough to fuel the fire. And then obviously, as you saw, like, we went on a, to Boston, you know, Dick went crazy. Uh, went to Houston, went crazy there. You know, I played well in Houston. Uh, it was just like a tumbling effect, and then it kind of was just like, man, I, I, I can do this. Like, I can I can dominate this game, if, you know, if I continue to go on the stretch. That's huge, too, because, like, with, like, young players, if they run into a slump, 
and they get sent back down to AAA, like they're going to be able to like use your experience and say, hey, like this isn't a bad thing. It's an opportunity yeah, yeah. more than anything else. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I'm, I'm honest when I say these things. I, I really pray for that type of experience that you know other players can lean on. Um, hopefully, again, like somehow, some way, the the player that needs to see my story or hear my story can be encouraged by it and uh, live out their best lives based off of you know my shortcomings and my uh, my triumphs as well. You had one of those signature moments last year against the Dodgers, that walk-off home run. Uh, had an had a incredible celebration. What was that moment like for you? Yeah. Take us back. Yeah. Um, I blacked out, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are you know, crazy about the, the bat slam. That's just pure emotion, um, rush of everything uh, coming down to that, that single moment. Um, I think it's funny leading up to that at bat, you know, I was in the outfield in my mind knowing I was going to come up in that situation and just knowing I was going to do it. So that's a, a surreal, uh, you know, thought to have. And then for me to actually execute it, I think, again, that's what just leads up to me, you know, slamming my bat so ferociously. <laughs> um, and then again, I'm turning around. I see, I, know I see my teammates, you know, India, I can vividly remember his face and just like ah you know at the edge of the dugout um and then coming around the bases just really just not even comprehending a lot <laughs> just like incomplete like just happiness and uh you know just ecstatic and then coming to, to home plate and seeing everybody there you know cheering me on and going crazy you know it was it was surreal you know a moment again I'll, I'll never ever forget in my life so yeah very grateful for it Nick, I don't know if Mo Eggers here anywhere, but I know he's a big fan of the the bat flips and the celebrations and stuff. Yeah. And, and do you like that? I mean, do you think there needs to be more of that in baseball? I mean, you guys work your tails off when something great happens. You should be able to celebrate it, and not have to worry about someone plunking you the next time you step up in the box. Yeah, I, I think the game is <laughs> the game is getting better at that, just simply because they understand like that's what people want to see. You know, that's what some fans really enjoy. Um, it's a form of expression, so you know, a player can express himself in that manner. Um, and yeah, like you know, it's it's swaggy. You know what I mean? Like if, if I hit a home run and I know I got it, like and you know I got it, so don't be mad. <laughs> I mean, you know, you strike me out, you do your little dance or, or whatnot. Um, so for sure, you know, if I if I hit a home run, like um, and I know it's gone, I'm I'm a pimp it. You know, there's no problem. To <laughs> that's, it. First of all, that's awesome. But second of all, real quick, if a pitcher strikes you out, they they show the bat. Oh, yeah. show, not only are they showing the batters up, but they get yeah. to show emotion. Yeah, so why shouldn't emotion. you be? Yeah, they they. F- flex their biceps and you know do that little scream or whatever you know it's all good it's all i'm gonna I'm catch you the next inning for sure but you know it's, it's all good man and you know for me too like, i mean you guys saw me hit some home runs like i don't i don't take 20 seconds to get around the bases you know what i mean i'm still kind of got a little giddy up so i mean it's all a part of the game it's a little fun so the reds uh, active in free agency this week signing two pitchers yeah. uh martinez and pagan have uh that added the excitement coming here to this event today. And uh, have you faced either one of those guys so far in your career? No, I, I haven't faced them. I, I saw uh, Emilio throw uh, when I was with the uh, the Guardians at the time. So I, I've seen him pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you guys should be excited. I think those are, are great pickups. Um, I think, again, it just shows uh, the people in the front office are, are, are working hard and aware of, of the areas that we need to, you know, get better in or improve on. Um you know, I'm excited to see it just like anything. I mean, I've experienced them for just this Red Fest so far. Um, they seem like pretty good, you know, good people. Um, and I'm excited to, to get to learn uh, and, and know them more as the season goes on next year. 
the one thing that's been the theme of today with everyone that we've talked to, just the, the youth movement in Cincinnati. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of different ways to build a team. You can go out and acquire as many free agents as you can and build a team that way or this way, which is more, much more organic, and it just welcomes fans in more when we see players who've been developed through the system that come up. You feel like you're a part of their journey. And then when they reach that success point at the major league level, it just makes it that much more special. So the youth movement taking over in Cincinnati. Of course, you come into Cincinnati earlier in the year, of course, but just what was your overall vibe of last season, just your takeaway? Like, how far into the season before you're like, man, we got something special here, and like, taking that momentum into next season or to this upcoming season, just the biggest thing that you're most excited about? Yeah, I mean, first part to that question, sorry, um, is like that 13-game winning streak. Yeah, that that for me just solidified how uh, good of a team we are, how good of a team we can be. You know, we were beating some good teams in that stretch as well. So that for me was kind of like the the moment in time, I think, where we all realized like this is something uh, bigger than ourselves. Um, the way that the city connected with us too after that win streak, you know, you guys were uh, very instrumental in just in your, in your guys' support um, and showing up, you know, especially when we were in that winning streak. So that was like the beginning of, of when I knew, you know, we, we are on to something. And again, like you said, is it was a young core. You know, a lot of the production, a lot of the reasons why we were winning was because of, because of that young core. Uh, guys who were stepping up, uh, pitchers that were stepping up. Um, the, bullpen, the bullpen was going crazy. I mean, they were incredible. Um, and, and I knew when we were at the halfway point, right, we were, um, we were the, the division leaders at that point, right? Yeah. Um, and it just so happened we come back, you know, maybe not the, the best uh, comeback, you know, to the after the All-Star break. You know, other teams are just not losing either. So um, I, I think going into next year, and I've said this um, in other, you know, interviews, I think the biggest thing is obviously, as you guys saw, is cashing in on, on those games in the middle uh, of the summer and those dog days, you know, we're either 2-3, you know, we're up 2-3, like just really cashing in those games, not giving them away so that when we come to, you know, late august september when we're all a little bit tired you know we we're not we're not scratching and clawing like we were just and i think we have the talent we have the poise very pleased with our poise like we're a very calm young group <laughs> it's probably the calmest young group you know that i've ever been a part of but um you know we're unfazed and i think that's a that's a big strength um so i think going into next year we continue to have that type of poise but also that ferocious tenacity you know to to dominate uh in those, in those dog days of summer um i, I think we're going to be right where we want to be come uh, september very nice so the, the rule changes last year it felt like um you obviously stole a lot of bases uh not enough <laughs> not enough you want to steal more next year yeah <laughs> all right uh do you feel like the rule changes were were good for the sport overall um obviously you had you know, dealt with them a little bit more in the uh, the minor leagues and some of the other veteran guys. But did you did you like the pitch clock? Did you like the the bigger bases? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it cut out a lot of the um, unnecessary like time where we're just kind of like lollygagging around, um, put a little pace to the game for sure. Um, and I know you you fans really enjoyed it. Um, it being you know two hour and forty five minute game. You know, not being an unnecessary three forty five. So. I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually got introduced to it in the minor leagues. So, you know, making that transition in the big leagues was not hard for me because I had already done a year of it, and it, it was very seamless for me. But in terms of the, you know, the number of pickoffs and things of that nature, to be really honest, I think uh, it, it definitely benefits us. But it, in my opinion, it didn't happen enough 
to where it was like, oh, you know, this guy's picked off twice. Now I have the opportunity to run. Like, I didn't have that myself. Um, maybe that'll start happening, you know, when I have more stolen bases. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I overall, you know, overall, I think the, the rule changes have, have definitely impacted the game in the correct manner. Which rule do you think made the biggest difference? Is it the banning of the shift? What was the the biggest yeah. rule change? Um, I, funnily enough, I, I'll just comment on the shift. I think the shift was great. Um, still, they found a way to, to cut off some of those holes. <laughs> Somehow, some way, they found a way to take that ball away. Um, but uh, I think my favorite one, though, definitely was a pitch clock. It just added pace. It added tempo uh, to the game. I think there wasn't as much sitting around, uh, waiting around. It was definitely like... There was definitely pace uh, to it um, naturally. You talked about the mental side of the game. Do you feel like the, the shorter pitch clock makes it easier for you as a hitter not to get in your own head too much, just go right into the box and, and step up to the plate? Yeah, I, I think there's a definitely a natural flow to it. Um, you know, you look at other fast-paced sports uh, being, you know, basketball or even soccer. You know, a lot of those sports are very just like, fluid you know the the thought process when you actually are playing i play basketball so the thought process when you play basketball is very like quick action go quick decisions so when you when you have that pitch clock you know you you're going you're going you're going and it's a chess match but then it makes the chess match a little bit more like versatile if that makes sense like i'm making decisions on the fly it helped me it helped me simplify a lot of things because again i don't have much time to to think too deep in it too so I, i i really like that whole aspect of the clock and how it just kind of like speeds up all of that process because guys before the game they prepare right like we're all prepared uh so we know what he likes to do they know what what i hit well and what i don't so it definitely gives it a more uh action type of feel at least that's what i i felt thought i was like in the in the minority on this heading into the season and everyone was talking about like pace of play and all that and i'm like you know, if you love baseball, I don't want it to hurry up and go. You right, know, like yeah. if you go to a movie, you don't, you know, spend good money to go see a movie and say, man, I hope this movie hurry. I just want this movie to end <laughs> as quick as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, you go to a concert, man, I hope they only play three three of their hits because I just I need to be home. <laughs> so I was wrong because that was my mindset heading in. Like if, if the product's good, you want more of it. Who wants to pay all that money to get less of the product? Right. But I was wrong because just tuning in and just listen, whether it's listening on radio or just watching it, oh, just the pace. It's obviously pace of play, but just the flow of the game is honestly, it just made the game cleaner and smoother, and it was just like you go to commercial break, you come back, boom, the pitcher's boom, there, the guy's in the box ready to go. go. It was a much more aesthetically pleasing product last season, sure. no doubt. I mean, to, to parallel, like if you're in a movie, you would like a great movie, not a four-hour movie, though. Yeah. Like, you know, you would like a two-hour and a half, two-and-a-half-hour movie if it's, if it's going to all be the same product, right? Like, I'm the same way. Like, I do not want to damage the product at all. Like, you guys, the fans, the game itself deserves a great game, right? Like, the players are better now. The things are more explosive now. Um, guys are more athletic now. Like, you never want to damage the product. You know, we're in a space, we're in a time, we're in an era of really great baseball players. <laughs> like, a really fun game because of the the skill level of the players and I never will want to damage that product because we all deserve it in this lifetime you know this is our life <laughs> you know like we're living in it so we deserve the the best product all right well Nick if you have uh, do you have anything else before we let him get back to the rest of Reds Fest well you said you uh, you played basketball do you have a basketball team you like watching a NBA or college during the offseason yeah I'm a I'm a big NBA fan I don't I, I have to, not necessarily I have to, but I, I like to represent my 
Atlanta Hawks because I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> they are uh, playing a little inconsistent right now, uh, but they're still <laughs> flashes of really goodness, <laughs> real, real good players. Um, but I'm, I'm a fan of players. I love basketball players. I love the skill level of some of these basketball players. So I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I love the game. Do, do you That's play fun. a little bit of pickup in the off season? No, uh, <laughs> I, I did in, in, in my in the past, but I can't now. I'm, I'm too dedicated to, to baseball to, to mess up with anything like that. The higher ups really love that answer. Yeah, for sure. Any Castellini crawl, y'all hear me? Yes, I know y'all hear me. That three point contest, that's where it ended. That's, that's where it, the basketball yeah. stuff yeah. ended. I do no a couple doubt. later. Hey, before you look, can you explain what the heck is the end season tournament in the NBA? Can yeah, you know, no, I, it's, I, it's I, actually. They put the cool courts out there. I, I just don't yeah, understand it, to be honest. I think it adds a little, a, a little flash, but it, I didn't think about it this way. Somebody said this too, like for the players who don't have like the bigger contracts, when you go in this end season tournament, there's a bonus, obviously, for the winner. So they, they're, they're getting a little bit extra bread in their pocket. Um, but yeah, it's a, essentially an end season tournament. I think the point was to bring. Uh, a level of competitiveness, competitiveness to the games early on in the season. So definitely with the new cool color courts and uh, the new jerseys and then having the tournament in Vegas, I think it added, you know, the na- the necessary flash. You know, the the commissioner was smart and, you know, in doing that. Um, but at the same time, you know, the real championship, as we know, is the, the NBA Finals. But they, they were able to – to put a little competitiveness with that tournament, so I, I like it. I like watching. So LeBron's the game. not going for his fifth ring with this in season tournament, right? No, okay? no. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that using that as my. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Just leverage. He's the best player ever. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, Will Benson, everybody, awesome enough uh, to spend some time with us here. Justin Kidder, Nick Kirby, live here at Reds Fest. Will Benson, everybody. All right, we'll step away for a few moments. More of our special coverage live here from the Duke Energy Convention Center. Reds Fest 2023 right here on Dayton's radio home of the Cincinnati Reds, 1410 ESPN Radio. We'll be right back. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your support. If you had not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast to have new episodes after every single game. And we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, make sure that you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so that you can join us for live episodes of Chatterbox Reds. Hit the bell and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about all of the other great content at Chatterbox Sports. First off, there's our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, from 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday on YouTube, of course, on Chatterbox Sports. Off the Bench is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Great podcast listen uh, for your drive home, as it's usually posted uh, by 1 or 2 in the afternoon every day. Then there's Chatterbox Bengals. They go live after every single Bengals game, similar fashion to what we do at Chatterbox Reds. Those guys are doing a great job covering the Bengals this season. Speaking of the Bengals, there is Chatterbox Clicker with Coach Kyle Kasky, former Bengals coach. That is every Tuesday night. Coach Kasky breaks down film from the latest Bengals game in a very innovative show on Chatterbox Sports that you do not want to miss. And if that's not enough to fill your NFL fix, there's Mac and JT. That is Wednesday nights on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Uh, that is all things NFL. They go through each and every game. 
And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats, that is with host Charlie Walter, formerly of Reds Live, covers all things UC sports. They are going live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. So that's, on course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Chatterbox Bearcats is also available everywhere you get podcasts. Links to all those shows are in the episode notes today, so be sure to check them out. Give those guys the support that they deserve. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that you have a fantastic day, and as always, go Reds.